You didn't know about this one until the movie, right? No. Girls, girls, girls? Yeah. Girls, You know girls, how many people are girls. yelling at you right now? Wait a, wait for it. I guess that's the name of her game. Yeah, I really used to love her, but it's here she discovered. It's gotta be a sexual thing. Are you ready? You ready to be blown away? Because it's not what you think it is. Girls will be girls. It's the same old, oh. same no, old No, I didn't, situation. okay, I did know about this one before, but I'll be honest with you, although I love Motley Crue, it's not one of my, it's not, like, my top, it's not my top. I know, you and Dad just disrespected Foreigner upstairs, I think I'm adopted. No, I'm not disrespecting Foreigner, like I said, it's not, like, my top, like, we've gone over this before in previous sittings. Well, yeah, we talk all the time, every single day. Yeah, but, like, you know my two favorite rock bands of all time are Guns N' Roses and Queen. I know. Hands down. Like, I can't... And I think that Guns N' Roses is overrated. And, and I say, I'll say that to anybody, and I'll fight anybody on it. I, and I'm sure you will, but in, in my opinion, they're not. They were only the most famous rock band of the 80s because everybody hated Axl Rose, but also everybody slept with Axl Rose. And Slash was on so much heroin... That it was really impressive that he could finish a song half the time. You know, that's who Nikki Six OD'd with the first time, right? Was Slash. I did. I actually did know that. Yeah. But well, the time that he OD'd and took the two adrenaline shots to get back. Yeah, off, no, I'm. That was with Slash, because uh, I think it was Slash's girlfriend that originally did CPR on him. But. Welcome to the sports podcast. You haven't done a sports podcast since we did the final episode of Gunnison Sports Talk Radio, which really fudged all my numbers because I released it on the SoundCloud for Gunnison Sports Talk Radio and on this one. So instead of getting the 25 or 30 listens that I had been averaging at that time, I got 10 and 10, but it doesn't make my algorithm look any better on iTunes. I'm not bitter. You're bitter. I think you're a little bitter. Somebody's bitter. Somebody's bitter. I've been hyping this episode up for the last couple of weeks, but you were working last week, I'm pretty sure, or you were doing something last week, so I had to, I just did one about the UFC fights, we could talk about the UFC fights, but... Gaethje! Love Gaethje. Yeah, you didn't even know how to say his name until... I didn't, but it's, you know, it's always good to see somebody who went to your school That's why succeed. I always like to watch Shane... Yeah, no, and that's I why it. I tell everybody that Shane was a Shane Carwin, by the way, former UFC interim heavyweight champion, also a graduate of Western, was a two-time All-American. Huh? Didn't you go to Greeley too at one point? No, he's from Greeley. Oh, okay. Well, I'll claim him. He's from Greeley. Graduated from Western. Was a two-time All-American football player, a linebacker, two-time All-American heavyweight wrestler, national runner-up junior year, national champion at heavyweight senior year. And he was all academic, RMAC, every year that he was there. Because then he went to Mines after he graduated Western and got his uh, engineering degree and was an honor student there, too. I'll be honest. Every time I talk about him, it kind of sounds like... It, I make it seem like he's not on purpose just because you know he's one of my favorite people in the world. That He's kind of actually a family member, not like a friend. but like, Darwin? Yeah, yeah. kind of like a godfather type. Yeah. Well, it's not, always a, fun not on purpose. When people have seen his fights, like I was talking to Kyle, 
I go, you know, my dad used to shove him in lockers, and he told us that. Remember when we went to watch him train, and he's like, yeah, your dad bullied me. Yeah. I was like, oh, interesting. I'm probably not going to do anything to piss dad off anymore. No, no. That kind also, of I don't think that he starry can Starry-eyed looking at dad like, ha oh. Yeah, all of <laughs> the four, uh, four guys from my football team, and then I think it was you and Andrew from your guys' team went to go watch him train. Saw a 265, or actually, when he's training, he's like 300 pounds. I know, and then he cuts. six-pack. Yeah. And delts the size of my head. Uh-huh. It can jump rope like a 145-pound man. I was six years old. He shook my hand like I was a 40-year-old man. Just shook me all around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're lucky you still have your arm. I know. Maybe that might have been... Yeah. yeah, that might have been what tore up my shoulder. I'm not sure. This is why it's difficult sometimes for us to have a podcast because we sound similar and we talk at the same time and we get on the same frequency. That's why, Dad, we, we got Layla the other day to think that the house was haunted. Because she could hear us through the vent, but it sounded like we were uh, subway um, conductors. <laughs> yeah, and then, I mean, like, just now, we were on the same wave. We said the same thing, same wavelength. Yeah. I always say that when we shook hands, he shook my hand and his fingers finished yeah. up at my elbow. I know, that's one of like, I tell everybody that story. Because, I mean... And I like to talk, I like, the highlight that I like showing, he's had better wins... But his first fight in the UFC, when he almost turned the guy's head around and the mouth guard went to the third row. Yeah. And I don't know why they put him against that guy. But well, I vaguely remember actually watching him train, but I'm pretty sure he was either hitting the mitts or hitting the heavy bag. Like, he was knocking the dust out of something. Uh, Trevor, his coach, hated holding mitts for him. I, I don't blame him. I'm sure he had two broken hands all the time. Yeah. Cause even though, I mean, the mitts are obviously I mean, meant to not break hands, but... I don't think those work. You know how much Coach Devaro used to complain about us hitting him in the middle? Imagine if Shane hit him in the middle of the pad. <laughs> ah! <laughs> <laughs> I can't use this for anything now. Amputate! Amputate! It's like the comeback. Since You got a hospital around here? Yeah. Yeah, what's wrong? Oh, I just gotta pop in there, get some aspirin. <laughs> Meanwhile, Shane's fist <laughs> left a hole in your hand. <laughs> um, but we're gonna do... We're gonna talk about draft picks. Yes. We are... Your team is in a similar situation to where my team was two years ago before uh, we had the debacle. It was, it was like you're the Jets, because you're a Jets fan, um, are in where the Bengals were the last year of Marvin Lewis to where they were good enough to win more games than people expected, but not good enough to get a decent draft or not good enough to win the division or get close to the playoffs but they also weren't bad enough to get good draft picks so you drafted at 11 two years ago we drafted at 10 you guys drafted a tackle two years ago we drafted a tackle first round my tackle didn't get to play so I hope that your tackle doesn't tear his labrum but I guess we'll see what happens I mean honestly in my opinion there's nowhere that we can go but up I mean, you say that but you guys went 5-11 and 11. I remember when we you know when what, the Bengals though? used to go eight and eight and seven and nine every year, and then all of a sudden they went two and fourteen or three and thirteen last year. You, but you know what though? I mean, compared to what they had done the last couple of years, I guess they were what three and thirteen and two and twelve or two and fourteen, or, you know, and then four and eleven or something like that. Five, five and ten, five and eleven, whatever it is five and 11. from last year. That I mean, it's moving up slowly but surely. There's a moth in here, by the way, just to warn you. That's fine. It's right there. Um, you don't bother me. I get a little ADD sometimes. Um, but 
it's we're moving in the right direction. It's not like it's going to be overnight. But in my in my opinion, this year I'm hoping for seven wins. I would like that to be the reality. On last week's episode, I went through the schedule and kind of gave my predictions as to where I think the team is going to go, just based purely on what the schedule is like. So we'll do that with yours too. But I'm on ProFootballReference.com, so we can go back and see how long. Because you guys didn't, um, you guys didn't really fall off until, because it's not that long ago that you guys were beating the Patriots in the playoffs. Going to the AFC Championship with LT and um, that was what 2010. The first time was 2010. Yeah. Um, I only remember that because that might have been one of the first years that I actually started paying attention. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I always watched football, but I never really paid that close of attention because. Yeah, you didn't even watch that game. I watched that whole game from start to finish with Dad, and then I had to go tell you that your team had won. So. Yeah, I think I might have been playing PS2 at, the, at, at that time. I think so. So. SmackDown versus Raw action. Let's see. We think 2010. Yeah. They were 11-5 and five in 2010. And that... Well, they in 2009, they went 9-7, and seven, made the playoffs, beat the Bengals in the wild card. Thanks for that. Beat the Chargers in the divisional 17-14, lost the AFC Championship to the Colts. Then the next year, they went 11-5, and won the wild card um, against the Colts, 17-16, won the, that was the divisional round against the Patriots, 28-21, and then they lost the AFC Championship to the Steelers, who ended up losing the Super Bowl that year to the Packers. Like I said, two weeks ago, uh, Kyle was on the sports episode, and he would just bring up random stuff, and I could just fill in, like he'd throw out a topic and I could just fill in uh, this happened, this happened, this happened I don't have a life outside of sports that's why I needed, dad wanted me to start doing a sports podcast because he doesn't understand the other podcast that I release the regular show where we just talk but I've been my entire life most of, most of my life well then I guess this is one thing that I'll throw out that's kind of random and I guess it's just been popping up on my YouTube feed that's kind of why it pops into my mind but the 2011 playoffs, the playoffs for the NSC, I would, I would submit that for games of the decade, the NFC divisional round between the Giants and the Packers, and then the championship round for the NSC, the Giants and the 49ers, I believe. The only thing that you're going to run into is for games of the decade, you have the Chiefs-Rams showdown two years ago on Monday Night Football. I'm saying like... If let's say so, decade is ten years. So we say top ten games. That's got to be at least an honorable mention, if not 10, on there. Yeah. But um, just because like tough. it was so back like, and forth, like I don't like doing greatest of all time debates. I don't like doing greatest at position debates because it all is based on the criteria and where you put more stock into different things. Because I like to say, I use I say I think LT is the best football player that I've ever watched. Ladinian Tomlinson or Lawrence Taylor? Lawrence Taylor. Okay. Because he was, he revolutionized the position. He made the offense change where, where they put money and how who they put at specific positions. He could also, there's a couple games that he won for the Giants. Like, he had all the points that the Giants won by. The They used to, they played the Eagles, and he wasn't playing for the first three quarters because he had a knee injury. Came, Parcel, he's arguing with, with Parcells on whether or not he's going to go in. He goes in, 
it's a safety and a pick six return for 100 plus yards with a bad knee and they end up winning that game. Yeah, but I guess kind of the unfortunate thing for him is that I'm not disagreeing with you at all, but somebody like you who watches a lot of sports, does a lot of sports like that, yeah, you're going to bring up all the stats, but somebody else here is Lawrence Taylor. What are, what's the first thing that they think of? Cokehead and Waterboy. I was going to say breaking Joe Theismann's leg. Well, that's that's what revolutionized the position. That's what I was talking about. I know, but he's it's... Yes, it helped revolutionize the position, but it's almost... It, it's not a black eye on it. I, I mean, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a black eye, but it might be like a little poke, like a little hole, just because... Why? Because he he did his job perfectly on no, that play. I, I, and I know he did. He passer on that play, and he but did. But it, it ended up being a quick end to the career of somebody that a lot of people enjoyed play, watching play. Whether at you loved point, him or you hated him, who cared? At that point, Theismann was already in the twilight. He had won two Super Bowls. Yes, but it's still a, some people might look at it as kind of a like a not 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 a black eye. I'm not saying that it's a black eye, but just kind of a little bit of a red dot on the whole career and how he revolutionized everything. Yeah, and this goes with what I was saying. I would look at it as that's one of the most impressive plays that I've ever seen and the fact that he could end a career that quickly I think he ended two careers on on that play because I don't know if that left tackle for the Redskins ever played again. And what you have to remember is that was when the Redskins had the best offensive line in football. That was the Hogs. Right. So he beat one of the best linemen in football, possibly ending his career and ended Joe Theismann's career. But Theismann got the shit kicked out of him for a lot of his career. He has fake teeth. He has veneers because he had half of his teeth broken because he refused to switch from the single bar face mask. Anyways, getting back to our original thought. Yeah. So the original Jets thoughts. in 2010 went 11 and five. That was the last time they went to the playoffs. Then in 2011 they went eight and eight. 2012 they went six and ten. Is that the butt fumble? 2012. Or is 2014 the butt fumble? No, it was earlier. So 2012. And then. God, I remember. It's. Eight I mean, and eight, it's still six and ten, us, eight and eight, four and twelve, ten and six in 2015. Yeah. But yeah. that was also the year that the Patriots came back and won the Super Bowl. So yeah, that was the twenty-eight to three year. Yeah, five and eleven, five and eleven, four and twelve, seven and nine. Todd Bowles gets a lot of crap, but I didn't think that he was that bad. He he didn't. I mean, he didn't have a very good team. No, he didn't. He didn't have any help behind him. But everybody just assumed that it was his fault. And honestly, I think if he would have gotten maybe a, a year or two more. He probably would have been able to turn it all the way back around. Not all the way back around, but it would have been like, you know, 7-9, and 8-8, eight and eight, something like that. Because I feel like he was finally starting to get the weapons that he needed. Mm, I mean, they still don't have very many weapons. Robbie Anderson was their best receiver, and Robbie Anderson's not. No, I know. Not. But like I said, it's like yeah. slowly coming. So, if they were 6-10, and 10, I would think that maybe, you know, add another weapon, that might be that extra win. Yeah. You know. But then, going back to the original point that I started this entire thing with is that they're in the same place that the Bengals have been. Um, so we're going over draft picks, right? Yeah, but I'm, I'm going to start off by setting the stage as to why I say that you guys are in the same position that we were okay. before this. Okay. I'm just kind of refreshing my, my memory because I have to remember kind of the, the order. Let me tell you what, like, well, I will get into it a little bit later, but... Jets had a pretty pretty decent draft this year. I'm 
Are you saying that in your green tinted glasses, or are well, you saying that because you actually watched? Okay, all right, okay. Let's let's get into it. Let's hold get on. Into it. No, not, not, we we're not getting into it until I explain my point. <laughs> well, because like I'll tell you what I'm thinking, and then let's see what you say. Because I I like to think that me and you think pretty similarly. I know that I'm a Jets fan, but I I'm trying to think of it like, you know, kind of fairly. I know. It's been up and down, but well, that's, just, that's just a sports radio thing, because when you start talking and you start pointing out holes, and then somebody texts in and go, "You're you're just you're only saying that to get ratings, and you're only doing that," and then after you prove your point, stop looking at it. Since we live in Denver, they say stop looking at it through the, through your orange tinted glasses, um, and, and actually look at the team and look what they need to fix. They're still watching. Dad went down a YouTube show hole and, and it got deep. Started doing top ten countdowns. That's never good because you can do top ten countdowns till the cows come home. Okay. So where did we start for the Jets decline? 2011. So the Bengals. Jeez, in 2011. Wasn't 2011 the year that Tim Tebow were drafted? Yeah, that was a while ago. Nine and seven in twenty eleven, lost wild card to the Texans. Ten and six in twenty twelve, lost wild card to the Texans. <laughs> twenty thirteen, eleven and five, first in the division. They actually won the division. It wasn't even a wild card team. They host the wild card, lose to the Chargers, twenty seven ten. Yeah, that one hurt a little bit because those were my two. 20... The Jets were my new favorite team. The Chargers were my old favorite team. The Chargers won that year. I know, but like, that's you, what I'm saying. We don't have to. We, we don't talk about the streak, okay? We don't talk about the streak. I got into an. Are, you're gonna make me say it. Yeah. Say it. Ninety-one. That's the last time the Bengals. That's the last calendar year the Bengals have won a playoff oh, game. Oh, gotcha. I, I kinda, was arguing I with Dan the other night out, because but... Dan's dad is a Lions fan, and the Lions have been on a similar streak except longer because they've been around for longer. Yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> it's it's heartbreaking being a Lions or Bengals fan, but, jeez, man, being a Bengals fan, especially recently, I can't even mention what happened my senior year. I'm not going to mention it. Well, but, like, it was sudden because, all like, what year was it, 14, 15? Then you were 14 or 13 and 2, 14 and 1, whatever it was. And you're gonna make me talk about it. I am gonna make you talk about it because you're gonna make me talk about how the Jets have finished twelve and four in twenty fifteen. They started that season ten and one, and then that was the year that the Vontaze turned uh, Antonio Brown into Antonio Clown, and uh, they ended up losing by two. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about Antonio Brown in a while. He got signed to the Browns. Did he really? Yeah, the Browns suck again. Oh my God! I did, I can't believe they let him back into the league. He was never kicked out of the league. Nobody wanted him on their team because he was that's a distraction. What I, well, but that's what I'm saying. Think he's still a distraction. He he's still a distraction. No, just think about the team he got signed to. That's all that is on that team. You got Baker doing a million and a half State Farm commercials. You got Odell saying he doesn't. It's not State Farm. Allstate? Progressive? No. Let's protect this house. Yeah. Protect your house. I think it's progressive. Okay, it's something. He's got some type of big endorsement. So okay. you got Mayfield doing insurance commercials. Yeah. Odell saying he'd rather have a thousand yards receiving than win eleven games. Jarvis Landry dropped off the face of the earth. I mean, he's still good, but 
He's not a leader in the locker room like people thought he was going to be. You know, he never was even back in they, Miami. He was in Miami just because he was the best player on the team. Yeah, and when he's not the best player on the team, he seems to cower a little bit. That's how receivers are. Receivers want to be the number one receiver. They say they want other weapons around them, but as soon as they get other weapons, they dip. I mean, when they had hard knocks, you had Antonio Callaway get pissed off that he only got three targets in a preseason game. In a preseason game, yeah, go into the general manager's office and say, you either need to throw me the ball more or trade me. And I <laughs> agree. Yeah, no, I agree wholeheartedly with what they did because you can't have that kind of attitude in a franchise. Technically, this Browns franchise has never won a playoff game. Yeah. Because the last time the Browns won a playoff game was 95, and that was before they moved to Baltimore. Uh-huh. So, I mean, Antonio Brown got signed to the to the Browns. <clears throat> and then the Bengals ended up losing. But there was a lot of stuff. I feel like that's one of the most poorly officiated games because you had um, what? something. My watch buzzed pretty hard. Um, you had Ryan Shea's ears lower his head which is why it didn't surprise me when he ended up breaking his neck the year after, but lowered his head on Giovanni Bernard with a dirty hit. Doesn't get called. Then you have uh, Joey Porter, they were. the coach. He wasn't even a player at on the Steelers anymore. He was a coach. Run out to the middle of the field, try and fight the Bengals' sideline. Marvin Lewis say, hey, don't get into a fight. But he didn't say, hey, don't get into a fight. He just suggested it. Yeah. And then Vontaze does his stupid ass shoulder hit on Antonio Brown. Well, I hit him with my shoulder. Yeah, but you can't. You still can't hit somebody in the head with your shoulder. The, I was gonna say they got hometown, but they weren't even. They weren't even in. Yeah, they were. No, they weren't even in Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. There, it was just a. It was bad it was on a both terrib- sides. Yeah, no, it was a terrible, terribly efficient. The referees game. had no control over that game, and the coaches had no control over that game. But after that. It was a good Six game other than that. Other than those calls. I don't want to talk about it. Because, I understand, but I'm saying I, I enjoyed watching that game because I remember watching that game. That's all I'm saying. We Except drove, we, Mom hustled home because we were at the Denver East Wrestling Tournament. Yeah. Championship round ended. We hustled home. I shower, got in all my Bengals stuff, watched the game from start to finish, didn't stand up, didn't do anything. Maybe went to the bathroom once or twice, but I probably didn't because that was the year that I could actually talk shit, and I did, and I had a lot riding on that game with the amount of checks that my mouth wrote, and the Bengals decided not to cash. That's why you call them tellers, because they're always telling everything. <laughs> but and I am out of material. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the Jets in 2016, 5-11, the Bengals in 2016, 6-9. The Jets in 2017, 5 and 11. The Bengals in 2017, 7 and 9. Oh, 2016, they were 6, 9 and 1. And then 6 and 10, 2 and 14 last year. The Jets, 4 and 12, 7 and 9 last year. So that's why I say they're in similar positions. You guys are about a year behind where we are because we drafted our tackle two years ago, but then we also didn't draft our quarterback in the first round until this past year. Yeah, them. which very going to be very fun to watch. So we can get into them now. You want to start with the Jets picks or you want to start with the Bengals picks? Home field advantage. Go ahead. You pick. Okay, 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 okay. I had it pulled up on my phone, so I'll pull it up on my computer. Bengals. 
Oh, that was the other thing I mentioned last week. I watched the NFL Top 10 documentary of the worst teams of all time. The Bengals, all of their 90s teams from 91 on, got put number four. So they decided to put a decade of Bengals teams on the list, and they couldn't even be the worst at losing. So Bengals draft picks. Everybody knows about Joe Burrow because he had the greatest season in college football history. Everybody knows about T. Higgins because he was probably the best receiver on the Clemson team that went undefeated for about 400 or 500 days. So we don't have to talk about them. I, objectively looking at this, if I was just a national person breaking this down, I think that the Bengals possibly had one of the best drafts of any team. Because they got Logan Wilson, who's 6'2", 241 pounds, can run sideline to sideline. And the Bengals being one of those teams that still runs a 4-3, one of the only teams in the league that still runs a 4-3. They need a true middle linebacker who can run and tackle because they have Nick Vigil right now. And Nick Vigil gets turned into a lead blocker like Earl Thomas did against Derrick Henry more often than he actually makes a tackle. I really like him. You would have known a lot about him if you would have stayed at the academy because I'm sure everybody in the Mountain West, as soon as they open up the defensive scouting book on Wyoming, they have to look at Logan Wilson because he can beat you inside and he can probably blitz as well. He just never blitzed. Didn't really blitz. And then in fourth round, they pick Akeem, Akeem Davis-Gaither, linebacker from Appalachian State, 6'2", 215. So he's a little bit quicker and more of a outside linebacker type in the 4-3, so you'll have, I think what they're going to do this year is they'll have Logan Wilson, Akeem Gaither is probably the weak side linebacker, and then have Nick Vigil as the strong side linebacker. I don't necessarily like that, but that will probably be their best setup for their second second level because, honestly, the Bengals have one of the best defensive lines and the most productive defensive lines of the past few years in the NFL. Geno Atkins, Carlos Dunlap, Michael Johnson, uh, they had Marcus Hunt when he was early on in the league. Yeah. They have a lot of guys that can rush the passer, so that's never been their issue. But their linebackers have been the issue. Fontaz, uh, Malaluga, towards the end of his time with the team, wasn't very good. So I think those two picks bumped this draft. You know, a lot of the a lot of the guys that break down drafts is A plus plus, A plus, A minus, B plus, and and so on. I think this takes a draft that out of the first two picks because the Bengals need a lot of help at the positions that they picked their first two in. Quarterback, you need an offensive line to block for you. Receiver, you need an offensive line who can block for the quarterback long enough for you to get downfield. Um, and then they added, they they plugged their biggest hole on the other side of the ball so that now they aren't putting all the pressure on Burrow and Higgins to score 40 points a game. So I think that was good for them. They pick up Khalid Kareem, DN from Notre Dame, 6'4", 268, as depth at uh, D-line. They have a couple guys that are getting older. Carlos Dunlap is pretty old. Geno Adkins is getting up there. Um, so he, he's going to come in learn from those guys. Hakeem Adenji, Adenji, guard from Kansas, 6'4", 302. So he's a big guy. He's tall for a guard. They might move him down to they might move tall for a guard. Eh, they might, depending on how his feet look, they might move him up to tackle. But I think he's going to be he, six four is not big enough to be a tackle. I understand that, but you well, can you can make up for a lot with really good feet. I think what they're banking on is for um, 
Jonah Williams, who was the tackle that they took last year at 10 from Alabama. He tore his labrum in mini camp, so he didn't get to play all of last year. Now he comes back. He'll anchor the left side, possibly. They'll have Cordy Glenn on the right side, but honestly, their interior offensive line is bad. Their interior offensive line probably would give up three or four sacks to Alabama's defensive line. Because they have Billy Price, who's not good, and then they rotate everybody else through. Um, they just let all of their good offensive linemen go all in the same year because they, they let Andrew Whitworth go, who was their workhorse and one of their cornerstones of the offense for a long time, and they just let him go. And then their seventh round pick was Marcus Bailey, linebacker from Purdue, six foot, two thirty-five. He could honestly be a strong side linebacker too. I don't know if I want three rookies in the linebacking core, uh, but a six foot, two hundred thirty-five pound person, especially a linebacker, is going to be a thumper, and you need a guy on the strong side to be able to take on lead blocks. So I think. And did you watch any of the highlights that I... Because I told you we should watch highlights on our team's picks and the other team's picks if we're going to have a debate or discussion uh, on how I, good they are. I did, but I'll be totally honest with you. I I kind of paid half attention. But I would say, if you, going back to your point with three rookies in the linebacking core, I think you kind of look at it through minicamp maybe you put them maybe you put all three of them in the sa- in at the same time see what their communications like all that different stuff and if you like it and if you think it could work you try it out for a little while and you try a bunch of different combinations just to see what works i mean obviously that's how coaching works i get that but i think you shouldn't necessarily sorry i i think you shouldn't necessarily be um worried I guess about that. I think it could be good. I I honestly do. Like you said, it'd be nice to have a, a thumper in there. That way, if, you know, somebody's going across the middle, they're going to get. If they could take got. their linebacking core from their biggest weakness on the team to their biggest strength on the team in one season, that would be huge. That would be huge. And but that that's the thing too. They're rookies, so if they all came in at the same time, they're all going to stay there potentially the same time, depending, you know, I guess on how everything shakes out. But. They could be a they could be a staple for that team, for years and years to come, as long you know if it if it ends up working out. I the don't problem know. that you get, especially with rookies that are drafted outside the first round, because now the first round has the fifth year option, but everybody else only gets to sign four year contracts. Um, you're gonna have to decide which ones you're gonna want to pay, and you're probably only gonna be able to pay two out of three of them. But the only thing, the reason why I'm not necess- I wouldn't necessarily be super afraid of all three of them being on the same on the field at the same time, is because for as bad at physically as Nick Vigil is, he is smart. He's always in the right spot to make the tackle. He just can't tackle and mm-hmm. he can't take on a block. He's he's the definition of the great white hope. Mm-hmm. So he he'll be able to teach him if you have him on the field maybe put him at weak side he'll set the defense set the linebackers where they're supposed to go you could i mean i don't know if this exists in the nfl because i don't i don't pay that close attention to the coaching structure i guess but you could potentially keep him on as more like a film film analyst something like that if he's that smart i mean if you really i obviously you would get injured air quotes and then be a coach start a coaching career i mean listen nick we know that you want to play, but it all depends. Yeah, I'm good enough. It all depends on how he play. I, how he plays, given maybe two years, I guess. Nick Vigil. Yeah. Hold on. Let's see how many years Nick Vigil's been in. Because well, yeah, but I think 
If he's truly that smart and he's able to break down film like that and all that different stuff, you always need a guy like that in the room. Is that is that the... Oh, that's your chain against your computer. I thought that was the mic. Yeah. Um, no, the mic doesn't pick up on unnecessary sounds. Oh, Nick Vigil, I don't even think, is on the Bengals anymore. He got moved to... Uh, he got. I think he got released by the Bengals and then the Chargers picked him up. But he was drafted in 2016, so he's going into his fourth year. All I'm, but all I'm saying is that could be kind of a smart plan for, I guess, now the Chargers since he got drafted or he got traded over there, picked up over there, whatever. So I didn't think he'd get picked up by anybody else because, like I said, the Bengals are one of the only teams who still run a 4-3 base on their defense. True. Everybody else is moving to the 3-4 where they have, I mean, even the 49ers, they have four down linemen on the field, but it's really a 3-4 because uh, Nick Bosa is... He's a really good pass rusher, but he could possibly be a linebacker. I mean, even the Broncos, they've drafted Bradley Chubb, who's a defensive end in college, a 4-3 defensive end, and they converted him to linebacker because that's just not the defense that they play. My my concerns lie in this draft with Andy Dalton leaving and going to the Cowboys. Now Burrow is going to start because Ryan Finley... <laughs> Andy Dalton got benched last season. You can kill it. What? It's a spider. Just punch it. Are you that? Are you that big of a baby? I'm not gonna do that. Cause I ain't nasty. Um. What is that? You're gonna make it smell fresh before you do it? Why are you spraying Axe on a spider? It'll suffocate it. It's going to smell so good before it dies. Done it before. Going out on a date later. (laughs) Thanks, bro. That's exactly what I needed. Gotcha, bro. (laughs) Um, So now Burrow, because Finley, Andy Dalton got benched for Ryan Finley because they wanted to see if the rookie could play. He played bad enough that they re-benched him for Andy Dalton. So Burrow is going to be the starter. No doubt about that. Bad thing. It could be. I'm ner- I'm nervous. I'm weary. <coughs> weary. She may get woolly. No. Women don't get not, woolly. We're not going into that this time. Nobody's got stress. They're wearing a dress. Damn it, I hate people who get the words wrong. I can get you right now. Um, I showed Kyle that movie and he loved it. Absolutely loved it. He called me meat for the last two weeks that I was in Gunnison. Oh, Jesus. Um, it is one year for Burrow that he's had really good success. Didn't have a terrible year his first year at LSU, but does do you have an argument for me of greatest college football season of all time? Burrow won a national championship, Heisman Trophy, beat seven top at the end of everything when every all the rankings were done, he had beaten seven of the top fifteen schools at the end of the year. No, that's that's beat I'll, that would Clemson's, probably be my argument, I'll be honest with you. Cle, beat Clemson's uh that was Clemson trying to go three years undefeated, possibly. Mm-hmm. Beat them. Kind of beat them down in the national championship, if you want to be honest, especially in the second half. And he did it. He had a great receiving core, but they didn't come in as a great receiving core. Clemson's receivers, T. Higgins, when he came in as a freshman, and you saw it because when Lawrence won the national championship, that was his redshirt freshman year. Mm-hmm. He came in as one of the best. And, and Clemson's coaching staff is different. So I I don't know if there's a let's see nearly every quarterback award in 2019 Maxwell 
Walter Camp, Davey O'Brien, Manning Award, Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award, and an AP National Player of the Year. So, he, he had a great season, but it was only one season. True, but it was a damn good season. I just don't, because now... You can't bank on it. I get what you're saying. Now he's on the Bengals, where he's not going to have the greatest receiving core in the country. True. No tight end passing threat at this point, because Eifert's not there anymore. True. Uh, T. Higgins is good for A.J. Green, but A.J. Green didn't play all last season. They have Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd's more of a slot, honestly. I love Tyler Boyd. I think that he's doing good things for them, and it makes me happy that a Pittsburgh guy is one of the best receivers um, on the Bengals just because he didn't go to the Steelers. But there's a lot of question marks on the offense. You don't have an offensive line that can block. Zach Taylor is one of those Sean McVay guys where he likes to go five, three wides a lot, which means he's 5-0 most of the time. Yeah. Especially with the defenses that we've been talking about as you play. So I think talent-wise, this is a good possible foundation like you were talking about. But there are more question marks and not as many surefire things I think um, I think I I've had them going either eight and eight or seven and nine which is a four or five game uptick on where they were last year everybody's going everybody else is going to bed mm-hmm. um, but I don't see them this is not one of those drafts where you go worst to first they didn't no. do enough they didn't do enough in free agency to possibly go worst to first no, they didn't, for sure like that kind of interested to see what happens if you do get Burrow and Green on the same field. Burrow, Green, Higgins, and Boyd. I, assuming assuming that Green's going to stay healthy. because He's, he's going to be very well, very well rested. Hopefully, you would think. but Possibly a little bit rusty. Yeah, that's, that's the scary thing, I guess. But anyway. Moving, I'm trying to... Uh, oh, Safari just froze. That's why you don't use Safari. You use Google Chrome. I don't have Google Chrome. I tried to download it on my thing, and it wouldn't ever let me download it. Let me show you. I will help you with that, because I downloaded it on mine. Not right now. Not right now, but I will help you. Uh, okay. For those of you listening, uh, if you if you like the podcast, that means that you know how to download Chrome on a Mac, and you're laughing at Jimmy. Well, also, not a lot of people listen to a podcast on their computer. A lot of people listen to it on their phones. Doesn't mean that they can't like it. No, it doesn't mean that they can't like it, but... Okay, I'm going to probably have to force quit. I'll just look it back up on my phone. This is where you put the interlude music. Huh? This is where you put the interlude music. Yeah, I don't like docking. It's the downfall of trying to open too many tabs at once. Safari's back working, guys. Sorry. Talk about an overrated band. A goofy goober. Yeah, they even got a cameo in SpongeBob. I know, I know, but they, they also only had two were songs. well. No, yeah, but they were also part of the a big lawsuit, saying that they were inciting violence in young teens and all that different stuff. Yeah, history of rock and roll teaches you a lot, Jimmy. 
teaches you I a lot. I know all of that stuff without taking history. I understand, but I never would have paid any attention if I didn't have to, I guess. I, yeah. <laughs> when we were upstairs before this started, and they were watching countdowns, the first countdown was top ten dancing movies of all time, and I just heard the music to the first song of West Side Story. Yeah, like, Who's watching was, West Side Story? That was bad. <laughs> if you know it through a wall, you know it too well. Whew. Hopefully Garrett listens and he loves that Friends reference. Miss Congeniality? Chandler. I can't hear through all this damn hair. <laughs> Chandler, if you know it through a wall... I love how thin these walls are. Okay, so I'm back on the website that I was looking the other night when we were talking about doing this. It's the Tennessean. I don't know where it's based out of. I don't know where their biases lie. But... First round, number 11 overall, Makai Becton, offensive tackle from LSU. Yes, sir. Big Mamma Jamma. Not six from foot LSU, seven, he's from, or he's Louisville, from Louisville. Louisville, yeah. Sorry, six, Louisville. 6'7", 364. Uh, Ran a 5'1", which is super impressive. 364 is also down about 20 pounds from where he played last season. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. He's a big Mamma Jamma. But he he's decently nimble. I mean, he's quick. Obviously, have you seen, did you watch his? Uh, I watched a few of his highlights. Yes. Not not his highlights. Have you? I would go watch his three cone and his shuttle, because that's where you got to worry. That's about. where you can watch how how he swivels his hips, how he drops his center of gravity. Because what, stuff. what the fuck does a forty mean for an offensive lineman? I'm sorry, I getting, try and keep this one clean, but honestly, that's just how my brain Getting from point A to B, I guess. But really, you're not going A to B as an offensive lineman. I understand, but still, I mean. It shows you that he's at least got some some quick twitch muscle that he's you know he's crafted and all that different stuff. But I really think that this is one of the you know this is one of the offensive linemen that we've been waiting for obviously for years and years. Who's your left tackle last year? Can you do you even know? No, I I honestly don't even know. It's weird that you waited two years to draft a left tackle for your quarterback that you drafted in the top five. True. Uh, but I'm we looking... drafted normally you draft the lineman and then you draft the quarterback because it's always better to get the lineman a little bit more experience before he has to protect your franchise. Yes, I, and I understand what you're talking about, but I also think that either way he's going to be a huge upgrade from. Well, I, I texted you because Louisville isn't as good as they used to be with Lamar Jackson. They're True. in the ACC outside of Clemson, and really that's the best team in the ACC by a lot. So. True. It's, I don't know. It's a. I didn't like the guard that the Bengals picked because he's from Kansas. Kansas sucks. Sorry if you're a Jayhawk fan, but it's kind of. They're basketball. They're more of a basketball school than a football school. It's apparent at this point they haven't really had a winning season for a while. Um, but and, and the Big Twelve doesn't produce great offensive linemen. I don't think the ACC produces great offensive linemen. But when I was texting you when they originally drafted him, because you didn't know who he was at first because you're not a psycho like me, but if anything else, it'll take four and a half days to run around him. So you should have at least three seconds. You can run a three-step drop. problem you run into is Adam Gase is another one of those guys who likes to go three wide, even yeah. though he doesn't have the offensive line to do it. He's got to uh, – I know he's the coach and, I, and everything. I'll do respect, but he's got to figure out how to – Get get his head out of the Xbox a little bit and see if maybe he can is it incorporate. Is time to think outside the Xbox? It is. It is time to think outside the Xbox. That's the second comebacks reference I know. on the podcast. But I'm thinking that he's gonna have to figure that out eventually, and hopefully it's gonna be soon, like early this season. 
and he's going to keep a tight end or a running back in to help out his five offensive linemen because he's got a he's potentially got a rookie left or right like tackle. Now that brings us to one of the other picks, but we'll get into that. He's he's potentially got a Le'Veon rookie Bell left or right tackle. Really, yeah, Le'Veon Bell also doesn't really look like he wants to play in New York because <laughs> he wasn't sick and he decided to uh, sit the game out and go bowling. But if if Mackay Becton, you know, he, so what I'm reading here, he started for three years at Louisville. That's which where great. are you? Which, uh, I'm on which, ESPN. Okay. Uh, 21 games at left tackle, 12 captain? at right. Uh, I don't know if he was a captain. Or not. It doesn't say. It doesn't say. Did he win yeah. an award for offensive line play? It doesn't say on here. Uh, three year starters. Read, three year starters. Interesting because you normally don't get that, especially at tackle. Um, but so what I'm saying is like he's got experience on both sides. You could utilize him on both sides. And truthfully, I think if oh, yeah, he, he was really one of the needed to. Mel Kuyper was saying that he would play left and then play right, and sometimes in the same game, possibly mm-hmm. in the same series. Mm-hmm. You know how tough that is. I do. And I know how tough that is. Too. Yeah. I I tried to explain that when I was doing my live reaction podcast. You just you gotta you gotta be smart enough in order for you to be able to flip the plays over in your head. You play against different people on each side too. That's true. In the NFL. That's very true. I mean. Obviously, we did it in youth and little, or youth in high school, so it's not quite the same, but we understand at least a little bit of the struggle. But well, Nick the, Gray, who's the one who wrote the article I'm looking at on the Tennessean.com, gave him an instant grade of a B plus. Not uh, terrible. Not he has terrible. to refine his pass protection technique, but that's everybody who dra- yeah, gets drafted every, into the NFL at offensive always, line. Yeah. A road but, grader at 364 pounds, he's going to be able to run block. Yes. Now, is he going to be able to run block... I don't know, AFC East, who is he going up against on the D-line? He's going to have to be able to run block Ed Oliver. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're not talking about AFC East, isn't uh, Sue on the Ravens? So AFC in general, so he's going to have to... Clay's Campbell's also on the Ravens. Yeah, he's going to... I mean, that's another... That's a guy who's 6'8". He's, that's a pretty good matchup if yeah. he can figure out how to you know, get inside and, and move, move his feet. But So what I'm looking at says... Even though Le'Veon doesn't look like he wants to play in New York at all, if he does, you know, end up doing whatever he's going to do, uh, this is going to this is going to be a pick that's going to make him pretty happy because he's going to be able to open up a lot more holes. And truthfully, think about it: if he's on the backside and he caves it down, that's what Le'Veon thrives on. He looks like he looks like a video game. I mean, I know I'm not saying anything that hasn't already been said, but he looks like a video game player that just cuts back. Yeah. And he loves the cutback lane. Think about the left tackle he had when he was having those great years in Pittsburgh. The, the, Villanueva, yeah, who's I six know. foot eight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, only difference is that Villanueva was a former tight end, so he's a little bit thinner, a little bit probably a little bit more agile. Yeah. Uh, but I'm telling you, he doesn't. And he's from the army. True. He was, so he was. But he was, th- but this guy does not move bad. I mean, okay. you would, you would normally think that somebody who's this big, like they they outgrew themselves or whatever, he doesn't move. He doesn't move bad. I mean, sometimes I watched a couple of his plays. He did kind of look like a, a baby gazelle on ice or a giraffe on ice, whatever. But well, he's six seven. He probably was six four until about sophomore year of college. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Holy so, crap! I grew three more inches. Damn it! So the other the the second round the second pick that the Jets made was Denzel Mims from Baylor. I really like that one. I it's do an like that grade pick. on this one as a, as an A. I do like that pick because I finally f- I, f- I feel like they're trying to add as many weapons for Darnold as possible, trying to put him in the best situation. Not only did they finally, you know, they're finally drafting an offensive lineman to help him out in the pass protection, but they're also giving him a, one of those 
uh, threats on the outside. Think about I watched his getaway speed. He's a he's a decent sized wide receiver, but he is fast. Six three four three eight forty. Yeah. I mean, he was one of my favorite receivers, and he's strong. Like he's he's strong. He's got ups. Like yeah, I think I think this is one of the best picks that the Jets could have taken, especially you know Think about second locally. round. Think about locally, Cortland Sutton. Yeah, came in was a second receiver the first year, and then developed, starting to develop into. They and need they need somebody else to take. I definitely see that happen. They got it. They got to get something out of. You have, have, did you? Do you, you guys pick up Evan Ingram now? Who do you have a tight? Because if you have a tight end, that could help. You have a running back who could catch the ball, if he wants to play. I can't remember. I'll be totally honest with you. I know. I remember I think seeing Evan that on Ingram Instagram, is no longer I, on the Giants. I think he might have made the I, move that's across. What I thought. The, across the pond or whatever, across the the bridge. Yeah, um, but I do really like this pick just because it's finally it's it's a wide receiver. It, it's something it's something other than um, I guess I didn't know I didn't know what to expect, especially in the second round. But I do like how they didn't waste this pick. I, this is not a wasted pick. No, it, it might take a year or two for him to develop, like Court and Sutton, but I what, think it's not a, it's definitely not a wasted pick. What you call this in the draft world is. Uh, Best player available. Yes. He's not yes. didn't necessarily. 100%. They need. They had the need, but it was just the best player that was still there. Right. I don't know why he was still there at sixty-eight, or he wasn't sixty-eight overall. I don't know why he was still there at fifty-nine overall, because he, I think he's better than T. Higgins. I think that he was better than Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs from Alabama. I, I honestly had him possibly as number one or number two, especially with his size and speed, because normally like Henry Ruggs ran a four-two-seven, but he's six foot. And 175 pounds, soaking wet with a hard on. True. Okay. Thought this was supposed to be the clean podcast here, my friend. This is how I organize my thoughts. I tried to explain this to Lauren the other day. I don't curse at people. I just curse to. Yeah, I I know. I'm. Remember, same brain, just younger version. Also less worldly. We learned that at dinner. Okay. Well, I'm not even gonna get into that right now. Anyway, so moving on to the next pick. Uh, it was round three, 68 overall. Uh, Ashton Davis out of California. Hey, they have him listed as a DB. When you watch his highlights, did he play more corner or more safety? He on ESPN they have him listed at safety, and when I watched his highlights, he was kind of more of that. Is he a nickel? Slot corner. I I wanted to say he was more free safety. Okay. So, but I think that's if anything, because it's Jamal Adams. I wasn't. We weren't sure if Jamal, Jamal Adams, Adams is your strong safety. I understand, but uh, it was a it was a contract year for him. Am I wrong? No, because he was the first-round pick, so he, they still got him for two years. Okay, well, so I thought at least he wasn't happy in New York. So I thought he might have put his name in, like, trying to get a trade. I wasn't sure. And I, it might have been something that I was seeing that could have been made up, you know, one of those I mean, fake tweets or something like that. It's tough to be a fan of a New York team because New York, like what's been going on with the virus and everything, New York blows anything out of proportion. Yes, uh, yeah. So, so he could have just walked into he was voted Gase's team. off. He's voted a team captain. His teammates love him. He's yes. the best player on your guys' team overall. 100%. According to Madden and according to everybody who watches the game. 100%. So I think, truthfully, keeping him at, at strong safety, you add this free safety into the mix, and I think you at least have a decent enough shell around your secondary. Sorry. Sorry. Just but I think, you, I think you have a decent enough shell around your secondary to make sure that you don't get killed with the deep threats. Oh, yeah. I think, I, and I mean, obviously Jamal Adams, he's a, he's a thumper. He mm-hmm. can he can lay the wood, 
But I this guy wasn't was no slouch. But he's also a really good coverage. I don't trust offensive linemen, and I don't trust defensive backs from the Pac-12 because. I, yeah, Pac-12 Pac doesn't play defense, and they run an offense that doesn't translate to the NFL. True. So, but I I do think that this wasn't a a terrible pick. I I wouldn't say it was necessarily best best available. I wouldn't no. say that. But I also feel like this they was more kind of, of a need position. Exactly. Pick. And yes. if you're looking at the need, he probably was the best player. At yes. That need. Exactly. That's that's exactly where I was gonna go. I was gonna say it was a need base, and. Like like you just said, I don't think, I don't think you could have gone wrong necessarily. There were a lot of defensive backs that were really good that were in the draft, but I think Ashton Davis might be, might be a good compliment to Jamal Adams. Was that a pick that they originally had? Do you know? Uh, what do you mean? Are you asking if they traded for round three? Yeah, or oh, they got it from the Giants. Yeah, no, they traded it from the Giants. Okay. Um, okay. So that that's good because that wouldn't have been somebody that they could have got. If that, they hadn't have done that. So sticking on the, the defensive side of the I ball. I think that might be, they probably got a draft pick in Evan Ingram from the Giants. Probably. But so sticking on sticking on the defensive side of the ball, we go to the next pick. It's Jabari Zuniga. Jabari Zuniga. There's no R before the Ari. Sorry. I've been saying a lot of weird names. and. Whew. Okay, Jabari Zuniga. There we go. Uh, the DN out of Florida. I think, again, that was probably a need-based, but... Why, though? Because you guys got a very, very good defensive line. I understand. I played as the defensive coordinator for the Jets and the D-line. I understand. And I'm not saying our D-line, I, I'm not saying our D-line was terrible. Quinny Williams. Uh, what was the other guy? I don't know Sheldon Richardson. Did they, did they get him back from... Because I thought he was on, and then they traded him to the Seahawks. I can't remember what if about, they got There's him another back. Williams on the D-line. Because there's two Williams. He's, their cap, he's your guy's captain. Captain! Now, every time you ask me a question on the spot, I can't think of the name. Give me a minute. It's another Williams. Give me a minute. New York Jets captains. For real? It's not going to take me that long. Jamal Adams, Kelvin Beckham, Sam Darnold, Steve McClendon. Uh, you must have been a captain two years ago. Uh, Rontez Mills and C.J. Mosley. Yeah, that's why Those he got were... demoted from captain because you guys got C.J. Mosley. Mm-hmm. But you guys have another Quinn Williams and the other Williams, whatever his first name is, a really good interior D lineman, pass rushers, run stoppers. But I'm thinking C.J. Mosley. They free up a lot of space for C.J. Mosley. They do, and, and I, like I said, I'm not disagreeing that our D line was. Good, but I think he could be that extra kind of like juice to okay. possibly make him even better. Like I, the problem I, I know that I see with him, he got injured. His he came back for his senior year to try to make his stock better, and then screwed it up because he got injured. I I know that. Well, that, but also he's a great pass rusher. But if you get hands on him, he can't do anything. Can't shed a block. Um, and from what this, from what Nick. Nick Gray says he disappears often, which is not good. Um, because if he disappears often, that means if he gets beat one time, he disappears for the rest of the game. I mean, we've played, you've played against plenty of guys that are like that. I've played against plenty of guys that are like that. I played with guys that are like that. Huh? Yeah, but, you know, you can't really. He went to Idaho, and his dad played in the league. 
mean, we did, with we, the Jets, I know. We were not intimidated by his size. We're talking about Noah Ellis, for those of you who follow. Don't get um, me wrong, he was a. Colorado high school football. He was a big cat. Don't he get me wrong. He also didn't play football for that long. I, yeah, but that. The like, first year that you played him, remember when he would get down in his stance, he still had baby fat around his wrists? Uh huh. That would jiggle because uh-huh. he wasn't even in the weight room. And he's still strong. But let me tell you, like, that was the most sore after one singular game that I have ever been. Like, that's because you just gotta let it. You gotta let it's like a car accident. You're gonna hit him every single time. Sometimes it's gonna be a flying headbutt. And just, yes, that's what it I was. I I legitimately popped the air bladder in my helmet and kept cutting my forehead because I just I was going at it. Like I yeah, you saw how I played against him. I didn't give up a sack against him. And I, Coach Betty was very nervous about me giving up a sack against and him. And I'm not gonna lie, he Coach Betty was exactly, if not exactly the same amount. Even more nervous when I went up against him because you were at least a senior. You at least had a couple years on him. I was younger than he was, so he was like, "Oh crap!" Like, well, remember that was who Gabe was talking crap to. Yeah, he was talking some mad state semifinal game. Yes, when you came in for a field goal, but he he he, and I sat him down. I felt so good after that play. Well, we sat him down, but I felt so good after that play. I was long snapping, so I didn't do anything. Okay, I sat him down. Okay. We're but, gonna go with that. That's that's the story. But I felt so good after that. That just like how I'm gonna say that I was the running back for Western. In, yes. In 2016. I'm Ezekiel Elliott. You didn't or not? Wow, wow, wow. Austin Total Eckler. wrong name. Jesus. Yes, Austin <laughs> Eckler. I, I I had the Eck in my yeah. I don't know. Anyways, um, but yeah. So Coach Betty was just as nervous, if not more nervous. And so I um, this might sound like I'm kissing ass, but I'm really not. I legitimately went back and watched our game watched everything that you I'm did. I'm sure Dad told and you to do that, too. He did. 100% he did. But I'm glad that he did, and I'm glad that I actually listened, because that, I, I played the exact same way that you did. You didn't even give up as much size as I did to him. He, I was looking at his chest, because I'm short, and I was probably giving up. I mean, I was pretty heavy in high school when I played, but I was still probably giving up 80 pounds. Okay, let's... It's one of those where you tighten all the notches on your face mask, and you go... This is where I'm going to lose a, a little bit of memory. But I'm going to have to headbutt him as many times as I can because if I headbutt him and headbutt him and headbutt him, and it's it's uh, when you fight, like, I don't you didn't watch the Stipe Miocic Francis Ogano fight, but Whew. Stipe is about 6'1. Francis is 6. You know who Francis is because I showed you that yeah. highlight. Stipe is, uh, is a wrestler, he's a firefighter, he's a firefighter and the UFC heavyweight champion. But he was just constantly, every single time, every fight, every every minute of the fight, he has his head in his chest and he's wearing on him and wearing on him. He's taking the punches that nobody's ever been able to take. And sometimes he looks like Layla after Rambo headbutts her. And it's like, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> and then he's like, hold on. <laughs> All right, get my head back in his chest because he can't punch me if my head is in his chest. You, that, that was one of the games where I thought I walked off to the sideline after the game and I... I know we we've, we've agreed we've agreed not to say this word. It's a bad word, and every time we say it, it seems like something like that happens. But it's the c word. It's a concussion. I thought I, I legitimately thought I had one, because I walked off, and mom and dad were like, "You," and I was like, "Oh, where's that coming from?" You had flashbacks to your wrestling days. Yes. How many lights are there? Yes, exactly. Of course, that was also the same season where we went and we played uh, at Littleton Public Stadium against Arapaho, and we had a we had that quarterback sneak where I took on the two middle linebackers. The left one was fine, and then the right one it hit, and my arm went numb. 
And so when I was trying to get up off the ground, I pushed up with my left and couldn't move my right. So my two guards pulled me up by the back of my shoulder pads and put me back into the huddle because nobody knew where to go. It was so much fun. You can't go out. No, like, no, you can't. Like, the guy that we have behind you? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. But anyway. That was the problem you had because your right arm went numb. I had in the Thunder yeah, Ridge playoff game your freshman year. My left arm went numb, but I could just I set remember. that in my stance. Like, okay, um, I'm going to be punching one-handed. Hopefully uh, we run something to the right because uh, we run something no, to I, the left. I remember, I remember when that happened, but um, no, I can't remember what I was going to say. Wow. We get off on a lot of tangents. And we also have a lot, fair, fair amount of CTE. You're still developing yours. I've gotten all of the stuff that I'm going to yeah, get. I don't, like, I, don't like having, I don't like joking about that. Cause it, you it's, have to. It's one of those. I know, but it's like it's it. something that's scary, and I feel like joking about it makes it seem like it's not as real as it is. No, it's just obviously a way so it that is, you don't, but it's a way so that you don't panic yourself. Uh, I re- I see it because I can't remember names at all. Like you can inter- you can introduce yourself to me four or five times, and I'll still be like, I'm, I'm kind of there. I was I'm, a resident assistant. And I didn't know a single name of anybody on my floor. The only reason why I remembered my math professor's name is because I had him already for three classes, and I've only been there for two semesters. So, Anyways, going back to your draft picks, I like your fourth-round pick with Michael P. Ryan. Um, he's a scat back. Maybe he maybe he makes it so that Le'Veon doesn't have to catch as many balls, don't, doesn't have to play as many as much of the game. Because that does wear on a running back, especially. That's yeah. Why, that's why nobody pays running backs $110 million contracts. Well, because they're, they're the ones who are getting... Well, I know, shut up, shut up. But conversely, I think he could be a great... Like, like I mean, I guess not conversely. Like you just said, I think he could be a great kind of back to throw into the mix with Le'Veon. Because in my opinion, although Le'Veon can lay the wood a little bit, he's more of that finesse back... He's looking for the cutback lane, and when he doesn't well, see the cutback, oh no, I'm not. That's, like I said, I'm not disputing. Yeah, that. but Lamichael Pirine is not that. Lamichael Pirine is like a Clyde edwards alaire from LSU, where I was gonna, he's so little. I was gonna compare him, and correct me if I'm wrong, because this might be, I guess this, I, I guess this might not be fair to compare him to these two because he's just getting in the league, all that different stuff. But I was gonna say that he kind of reminded me watching his highlights. He had the same quickness and the same quick cut as... Don't say it. I know who you're going to say. You know who I'm going to say? Why? Not Barry. No. Oh. LT. Oh, yeah, that's what you were saying the other night. But he's got... I almost feel like he's got a little bit more speed. Because the the Danian Tomlinson wasn't slow by any means, but he also wasn't super fast. You know what I mean? He wasn't fast enough to outrun the safety. Right. But I think this guy, he'll at least give him a run for their money. No, I, I agree with that. And watching the Florida Bowl game, Lamichael P. Ryan scored, I think, two rushing, two rushing touchdowns and had another, he had another 100 receiving yards and a touchdown. So he can score in a lot of different ways, like LT did. Yeah. LT has the touchdown record in a season for a reason. Uh, yeah, and I and like I said, I don't know Danny if it's... Danny Tomlinson, by the way, yeah. not Lawrence Taylor. One of my favorite, I mean, I'm looking at his card right here. I have a trading card. That's why Dom is a Jets fan. That's why he was the cha- a Chargers fan. True, I can't deny that. But so, but like I said, I don't know if it's fair necessarily to compare them yet. No, I, I mean watching watching LT the highlights, was, it's almost simultaneous. LT was a first round pick, and it was be, it was the year after uh, the Chargers drafted Ryan Leaf. That's how they got that pick. So he was a little bit more highly touted, but. Uh, I could see the Michael P. Ryan. That's a decent comparison. Look at you. You're getting in the draft business already. 
You missed. I know. Okay. Uh, I have short arms. Stop talking <laughs> about it. So this is this is one that was kind of a head scratcher to me. I'll tell you, this guy has it graded as a C plus pick. Yeah. I guess not as bad as it could have been, but we've been talking about it a lot. You you spent a number or first round pick, top five pick. top five pick on Sam Darnold. He's supposed to be your franchise quarterback. He's supposed to be your future for ten plus years, or you know however long he's willing to stay. And then you go to get to your second contract, right? And then you go and you draft in the fourth round, which I guess. You weren't using a super high round pick. It's in, it's in the back half of the draft. But you go and you draft a quarterback out of FIU, James Morgan. Now, this guy is from Wisconsin. And l- watching his highlights, he reminds me of no, uh, from younger... From Wisconsin. I thought you were saying he played at Wisconsin. No, 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 no. He, he reminds me of, a I guess, an earlier career... Farve because he's he's got that kind of like that same strong release. He's got a cannon for an arm, but he's also he's a risk taker. Uh, some of the Is throws. He big? Uh, he's not. I don't think he's huge. Because Farve was big, and had that cannon. I think he's got decent sized hands, but I don't. know. It's also difficult to compare anybody's arm strength to Farve unless you're he's talking six about, four. Un- unless you're talking about Pat Mahomes. Well, Pat. I mean, Pat that's a, that's a no brainer. But that's the only person who's come close. Maybe Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler had a cannon too. I mean, he's six four. He's not tiny by any means. Yeah, that's funny. I was texting Dan, and I I asked you the question, and I was texting Dan a statement. But since I asked you the question, I still had the question mark on it when I originally typed hmm. it. But so that's this is the only one that's a head scratcher to me because. It doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't make sense well, at all. It makes sense if if he goes down. Well, it makes sense if you don't think Darnold is going to make it to a second contract. We were talking. We have different. Seen, we have differing opinions about why, about what they're going to do with Darnold this year, since he has the fifth. He has the fifth year option. The opinions? Hmm? Do you want to share the opinions? On what we think is going to happen with Darnold this year? Yeah, I think. Because they're drafting, they're drafting quarterbacks, quarterbacks so close together. I mean, this one's obviously in the fourth round, so he's starting lower in the to- on the totem pole. But I think what they're going to do is they're going to try him out in the preseason, give him both equal amount of snaps, maybe a little bit more for Darnold. But depending on how that goes, then they're going to possibly be flip flopping. Or if Darnold screws up in the first two, three, four games, Morgan's in. So you think this is a Paxton Lynch, Trevor Simeon situation? Because Paxton Lynch was a first-round pick. He was the 21st overall pick that year in the draft. Trevor Simeon was a sixth-round pick out of Northwestern. Nobody thought he was going to be able to play in the league. I. They had two years where they were doing an open competition, quote-unquote, because Paxton Lynch was given every single opportunity to win that co- quarterback competition and couldn't. I you, think- you see this as a make-or-break year for Darnold, even though you have him potentially under contract for three more seasons. I mean, I don't want this to be a make-or-break year I'm just for Darnold. Keep, I'm just putting this into the, the I, lingo no, of, I understand. of sports radio. No, I understand. But I kind of feel like he was your number one pick. He was supposed to be like your quarterback messiah, like the person who's going to lead you, in, you know, into your up-and-coming years. There were all flaws that in that stuff. logic anyways, but Okay, but he's, he's supposed to be that guy. Well, what has he shown you in the last two, three years that he's, he's been? Matt Barkley. 
He was the other quarterback from. He was the quarterback at USC when Darnold was a freshman. Okay. And junior year, he was going to be the top quarterback taken. Came back for his senior year. Sucked. Pooped the bed. Peter, you pooped the bed. <laughs> when you poop in your dreams, you poop for you. Darnold did the same thing. Darnold, if he came out his junior year, would have been in the top five of the draft. Ended up not, or he ended up being in the top five of the draft. He would have been the best quarterback in the draft that year. But he came back, wanted to win with USC, which is an oxymoron ever since they stopped cheating and uh, paying for their players' players' moms' houses. My feeling about this year, my opinion on this season for Darnold, they have... Morgan there, so that Darnold doesn't have to play the entire preseason. It's kind of it's called a camp arm. I think they're going to bring in an undrafted free agent quarterback, or maybe somehow get Josh McCown back from Philadelphia because he retired. Oh well, he retired before they brought him to Philadelphia last year. Yeah, too. but he also wasn't forty one, forty two years old that time. Well, he's also retired and came back before. Pretty sure he retired before the Jet. If I'm the wrong, Jets brought him out of retirement too. True, but if I'm wrong, tell tell me because I, I honestly don't at know. Dominic at Don Pilato sixty three on Twitter. No, Don Pilato on Twitter. Don Pilato sixty three on Instagram. Okay, but I one hundred percent could be wrong. I don't know. My feeling on this pick for the Jets, they don't want to get caught with their pants down if Darnold ends up not being who they need or. Like you said, if Darnold gets injured, they need somebody to come in who's mm-hmm. athletic, give them a little bit of a spark. Mm-hmm. You normally have the rookie quarterback. If your quarterback gets hurt in the game, you send in the rook mm-hmm. because nobody has film on him. He doesn't know. It's it's it, trial by fire. Baptism too, by fire. He's too dumb to make a mistake anyways. Mm-hmm. He's too dumb to realize that he's making a mistake or he's too dumb to realize the situation that he's in. But if your quarterback gets hurt in the middle of the week or gets mono because he kissed his first girl, being the starting quarterback. Congratulations, by the way, Sam. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Did that when I was 12, but congratulations, my friend. My first kiss. <laughs> um, then you play the guy who's played before because he needs to know how to game plan and and that. So I think Morgan will be that. No, no, Next so year, I have... Nick, I think Darnold, if he stays healthy throughout 16 games, Darnold will be the starter for 16 games. Um, and then depending on what happens this year, next year you think next he's going to be that Next year will be the make or break year because you have to decide next year if you want to pick up the fifth-year option. And you're going to have to pick up Jamal Adams' fifth-year option before that. I think – I don't know if I really want them to wait, though. I, I know I live – I know I'm part of the generation that's used to everything coming like immediately, so I get that. I need to be patient, but I don't. I don't know if you can be patient. You don't get to be patient in New York. No, you you shouldn't be patient when it comes to this situation, I don't think. You just don't get an opportunity. But (laughs) the guy you should hate more than anybody, his name is Rich Kotite. He was considered the worst quarterback, or the worst, not quarterback, worst coach in Jets history. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and then, but you got to go through the bad to get to the good because Rich Kotite had them be the worst team in the league for three years, and then Bill Parcells comes in, and they actually did have a decent enough roster. They own the AFC East, for those of you who are your age and don't remember when the AFC East was not the Patriots division, because the Patriots before... Pretty much since 2002 or whatever. 2001. Okay. 
Before 2001, the Patriots had been to only two Super Bowls in franchise history and lost both. Mm-hmm. One to the 85 Bears with Tony Eason. That's a given. And one to uh, the Packers before the Broncos played them mm-hmm. with M- Willie McGinnis. Mm-hmm. But for those of you who aren't old enough to remember that, the Jets with Parcells and the Jets um, before they got Belichick for the day and whatever were decent and were competitive. So... This is the opportunity. This is the Jets' window. They have this year and possibly next year because I think that everybody, everybody's looking to New England. We don't have to go through all the other picks because you guys picked. You guys picked a punter. You guys picked a freaking punter. There's one more that I want to go through because uh, you always got to give love to him. It's another offensive tackle. Uh, this guy says he's an A minus if he plays guard. Yeah, he's de- I definitely think he's gonna. He's six five three oh eight. Like he's not small, but he's definitely. I think you got too move fat him. to play a, a tackle. Yeah, you got to move him down the guard. Well, he's, well, the other guy's three sixty eight, but he's also six seven. So he gets a he gets a little bit of. He's a freak. He's a Michael Orr. He's a freak. You're talking about the, uh, Mackay Beckton? Yes. Okay. Yeah. No, I totally. This guy, when you're six five three oh eight, you're a guard. One hundred percent, you're a guard, and I'm totally fine with that. Help put them both on the same side. I don't care. Well, you might not want to do that because they're both rookies. And maybe maybe you split them up for the first year. I don't know, but the field will be slanting that way if you put them both. Yeah, they're massive human beings. But that's this guy, eight, that's close to eight hundred pounds on one side of the line. I th- I watched some of I watched some of the highlights from this guy. It seems like if you move him down the guard, he might be a little bit more comfortable. He did play tackle, but it's almost can like he, he had. Yes, he can. He can move pretty well. He can pull. I, I watched a little bit of of his combine and his you movement think he can and all hold that up stuff. with the bull rush on the inside because. That's the problem that you run into with moving tackles to guard is that they don't have to deal with contact. I know, but I'm afraid to put them out on the edge unless, I guess, don't put them on the blind side, I guess, would be the the best case scenario out of, out of if you are going to put running, them on a tackle. You're, but the game has moved so fast now that it's not even There's the blind no, yeah. side anymore because Von Miller and um, Khalil Mack rush on the right side. Yeah, but so all I'm saying is it's another offensive lineman. Whether he plays guard or tackle, okay. Maybe you try him out of minicamp at tackle, and then if that doesn't work out, you move him to guard. Cool. But I don't think that you could have gone wrong picking this guy. Um, obviously, it's fourth I round. I out why Safari was being slow. Uh, this website sucks. Ah. It even says this webpage is using significant energy. Closing it may improve the responsiveness of your Mac. Hmm. Um, but, so I, I think... Trying to strengthen that offensive line was a great plan. Um, I know he's a rookie. I know he's not going to be. You and Dad, every time you guys come on the podcast, always got to give love to linemen. You have to. When he Nobody came on after does. the Super Bowl and we were talking, he's like, I always like to see Andy Reid do good. Love to see an old offensive lineman be successful. I mean, they they also got another cornerback, so they're trying to strengthen up the secondary with uh, Bryce Hall. Not a, not a bad pick. And then they picked a punter. I mean, I don't. it's a sixth-round pick. I get it. I mean, but why do you pick a punter? Well, I mean, the last punter that I know of that was drafted sixth round, J.K. Scott, right? Yeah, but I don't think he was drafted sixth round. He was drafted fourth round. Yeah, no, he was kid. drafted early. He was the number one punter in college football. He's still playing football. for the Packers, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. As a kid, wife, he's a grown man now. Shout out Charlie if you're listening. I mean, we weren't great friends in high school, but you're the connection that we have to J.K. Plus Dave Logan, but. Um, but I mean. This punter didn't look terrible. He can boot it pretty well, and he's got decent accuracy. He's pretty good at coffin corners and all that different stuff. Um, I 
I don't know enough about the position to really give him any any more love than that, but I kind of feel like you at least got to mention him because why not? But As long as you don't outkick your coverage, as long as you yeah, get the ball gonna... off fairly relatively quickly because that's the no, problem with Marquette King. Two-step. He's two-step. Okay. Yeah. Um, and he can, he can boot it like 58, And as long as you're willing, because like the reason Pat McAfee is one of the better punters Love Pat McAfee. is because he's willing to get involved in contact. And as long as you're willing to get involved in contact when you have to, and you're not one of those old Polish guys that used to come over after playing soccer for 15 years in Europe, um, I mean, it's, it's tough. You feel like it's a wasted pick because you probably could have picked somebody else there, but it was... Uh, it was a sixth round, so who knows? I guess it's a sixth round, so you could have wasted a pick. But you ready to play the schedule game? So schedule I'll, game, let's do it. I'll give you the situation and who they're playing in the time of the season. Okay. And you tell me if you think it's a win or loss, and we'll see if we have the same record, or you, we'll see if we have different ones. We'll do it with the Bengals too, because uh, you weren't on the podcast last week to do that. So, first week of the season. If this is all barring that the season does start on time, NFL facilities are allowed to be reopened, but no, but no more than 75 people can be in the facility unless a player is rehabbing. I know I don't have a camera, but it's it's distracting me when you do that. Shut up. I have, uh, I have it's been a couple, bothering me. Here's a couple bears in the cave. Sucker's been giving me a nose whistle. Look. Bear cub, <laughs> left cave. Yeah. Um, so, first week of the season, Jets at Bills. You're taking longer to think on this one than I thought. Well, because I'm trying not to be biased. Obviously, I'd like to say that the Jets are going to win every game. That's not realistic, 100%. But watching how the Bills played last year, I think it'll be a closer game for sure. But I think I still got to give it to the Bills. So I think we're going to start out 0-1. At best case scenario, somehow, some way, potentially a tie. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not going to throw that in there. But I honestly think that we're going to start out 0-1. Um, you just don't want to be 0-1. You want to be 0-0-1. I would rather be 0-0-1, but the likelihood of that happening is not great, I guess. So I I will give the Bills, in week one of the season, the win. I think this is the Bills' division now that Brady's no longer in New England, I mean, depending yeah. on how Jared Stidham goes. Um it's gonna be. I'm curious to see what happens in Jacksonville, not Jacksonville, Tampa. Wow, because I'm, I'm wondering if it was the combination of Belichick and Brady, or if it was just Brady, or if it was just Belichick. I'm not sure. And so I guess I'm watching New England and Tampa to see how yeah. they both do. But people were thinking that they might pick a quarterback in this year's draft, but they like Jared Stidham. That's what everybody they said. picked like three, two or three tight ends. Which is really interesting. I mean, they don't have Gronkowski. Yeah, but I mean, they don't have Gronkowski, so I guess they needed a tight end, but... Let's see if it's going to... I don't know if it's going to come. It'll probably come when I'm trying to speak, and then I'll cover my screen. Coronavirus! (laughs) You nasty. Anyway, so yeah, starting out on one. I can see it being a close game, but I'll tell you this. It's only going to be a close game like why the Broncos and Bills were a close game. Because, because it Broncos, wasn't a very good one. Yeah, the Broncos weren't good enough to score, and the Bills' defense is still, with as many people as they did lose, <coughs> they're, they're still pretty good. Um, I think they go 0-1 as well. 49ers at Jets, week two. 
If this it, is different because it's it's home field advantage. Home field advantage. You got West Coast going all the way to the East Coast early on in the season. True. So you. So that might that's going to play into our advantage also. You can't establish a body clock that early on in the season, and then you're going to throw off what you don't have already by going right cross country. So I'm thinking. If everything goes well in minicamp, everything gels together, all that different stuff, I'm thinking that that one, 24-21, I might, because of the body clock early in the season, all that different stuff. Of course, it's all also going to depend on how the offensive line holds up against the pass rush. Yeah, and if they can get any pressure on Jimmy G. Mm-hmm. But you got to worry about... Um how much the Super Bowl is going to affect them because look at the Rams. Oh, yeah, no, they're going to be... Well, true. Either they're going to be pissed or they're going to be feeling sorry for themselves like the Rams did. Either if they're, if they're pissed or not. I mean, Kyle Shanahan, the first Super Bowl that he choked away, that team still hasn't recovered. The mm-hmm. Falcons still haven't recovered. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say 24-21, and I might, not, might not be a popular opinion, but I'm going to give this one to the Jets. I'm going to say 49ers end up winning, but it's going to be ugly. So the Jets have a chance to win, but I think the 49ers will win. I think they start off 0-2. That's a tough draw. That's two playoff teams' first two weeks of the season. Right. Next week, Jets at Colts. Phillip Rivers now playing in Indianapolis. That might, that that might actually play. That offensive line in Indianapolis is really good. I know. They can stand up to your defensive line, especially on the interior, because you know Big Q is going to run. Big Q's... Everybody calls Dalton Reisner the coop. Yeah. Uh, that was also added in, by the way. And he got fined for that. The Jet, or the, not the Jets, wow. The Colts social media guy is like me and can add a whole bunch of effects to audio and stuff. So they took the clip of him knocking the guy out. And they added another clip where he was just being a goof and screaming. And the NFL thought that it was a su- such a violent collision with the audio that Quentin Nelson got fined for it. He was pissed. He walked into the guy's office and was like, you're paying for this. But, so, I think in that game it depends on how the the secondary ends up coming together. Because I think if they play well enough and they can disguise enough coverages and possibly get a little bit of pressure using the secondary, I think they could give Phillip Rivers, a, they can make it, they can scare him a little bit. I don't um, think that they're going to put the ball in Phillip Rivers' hands. Phillip well, but in that case, but Philip Rivers is there right now to be uh, Peyton Manning in 2016. But in that case, though, then I'm not I'm not really afraid. I mean, it's the offensive line that's gonna that's gonna screw up my thoughts here. But I like my defense, my running defense. It's just the offense, like Nelson. That's the one. That's the one that really scares me. Quinn and Nelson. Quinton Nelson. Quinton Nelson. Yeah, I don't know why I said you have Quinton Williams. Yeah. Anyways, Quinton Nelson is going to turn Quinton Williams into a redheaded stepchild. I know. But that's a bold take. I thought you would fight me on that. No, I'm because I've watched his film. Like all like through college too. The reason why. So I might. Schlereth I'm, says when you watch his highlights, if you're an old offensive lineman, you put the tie on the door. Don't uh, come in here. Uh huh. I was just, I was, <laughs> what did I say about knocking, huh? Oh, knock. knock. But, so I'm going to give this one to the Colts, I think. Yeah. I think that's fair. I think the only way that your run defense can stand up to the Colts offense is if they do what we were talking about, how you take out somebody who's bigger than you, like Ellis, mm-hmm. and you just tighten your chin strap and you're going to have to hit them. But 
Maybe you hit Quentin, Quentin Nelson he in the face. He just gets mad. Yeah. He's you just going to get mad. Everybody calls Dalton Reisner the cooler because Dalton from Roadhouse was the cooler, but Quentin Nelson's the real cooler. Mm-hmm. Quentin Nelson's the, the bouncer that throws you out the club and then beats you up after he does it. Yes, sir. He's like, how about we step outside for this fight? Why? Well, I could throw you out and then we could fight, or you could walk outside with me and I'll fight you still. Mm-hmm. So... Best case scenario, 1-2 and two record. Worst case scenario, 0-3. Oh because I'm assuming you're giving them the loss on that one, too. Yeah, I mean, the Colts last year were one of those teams where they played to their competition up or down. So, if that's how they are again this year, then the, Phillip then Rivers gives the them the op- opportunity to make a lot more mistakes. Yes. So that's, see, that's why I was I could kind say of one and back two. and forth. I can say 1-2. and two. I, I, I'll give this one to the Jets for the first time. Broncos going to the Jets. Uh, this is a primetime game. Oh, God. That ought to be a barn burner. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drew Locke I, versus Sam Darnold. I know, and I like Drew Locke is the problem. October I'm, I'm, I'm iffy on Darnold. I'm not going to lie. If you couldn't figure that out by now. I didn't think that they should draft him. But I'm kind of thinking... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, <coughs> to I'm gonna give this one to the Jets. It's a Thursday night game, so it's a short week. Yeah, and it, it, Broncos at Jets, right? Yeah, I'm going to give this one to the Jets. Broncos play like crap when they go to the mm-hmm. East Coast. I mean, the Jets two years ago, Robbie Anderson, just <laughs> the Brandon Stokely and Zach By, they call it when they just don't want to go into work and they call in, they call it taking a Roby day mm-hmm. because they said Roby didn't even show up, but he didn't even call out that game either because Robbie Anderson just ran right by him like he was a agility cone. Yeah, but I'm definitely giving this one to the Jets. Prime yeah. time in in New York against Drew Locke, who has experience, obviously, but it's his, basically his first full year of experience. Yeah, I still count him as kind of a rookie quarterback. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give this one to the Jets. I'll say that the Jets probably win that one, um, mainly because I'm mad that the Broncos didn't address the hole at left tackle. Hold at left tackle, excuse me. <laughs> um, so hard, hold, hard. Gladiator, but I know. it's not Lord of the Rings like mm-hmm. I thought. Sometimes I'm wrong, not not often, especially about random shit that doesn't matter. But true, uh, I think they go get back to two and two against the Broncos. Then they host the Cardinals the week after. Um, I might give that one to the Jets still. I think Arizona is a lot un, lot more underrated than people think. They probably are, but I still think that it might be they a close game. They also just got a think. draft pick that goes well with Chandler Jones. I'm I'm still. Oh. They got taking. Isaiah Simmons. Mm. Isaiah Simmons is my be- me top rated player overall any position in the draft. God damn it! You had to bring that up. Give it, give it to the Cardinals. Take it. Well, I mean, when, when, by the way, when you said I'm still talking, have you have I sent you have I made you sit there and watch when Crystal Leo was on the fighter and the kid? Mm-mm. Brian would interrupt Crystal Leo and he would just go. Ooh, 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 oops, until Brian would stop talking. He goes, did you interrupt me? What sentence ends in at? Zero of them? So that's an oops. I disagree with. That's not a sentence. Oops. Yeah. Um, I think I give that one to the Cardinals. Yeah, I think it's the Cardinals. But that's only because last year their offense was 15th in efficiency. Their defense was 32nd. Yeah, and now they got Isaiah Simmons, who can play DN, linebacker, cornerback, safety, 
water boy, kick returner, punt returner. He can walk the dog and pitch a big sports. Yeah. He can flat out play football. Yeah. He's just a football player. My fa- he was my favorite player in college football. Him and uh, the white linebacker, number 11 from Clemson, too. I really liked him, mm-hmm. too. Um, so, two and three. Since it's early, they're playing at 11 a.m. Eastern time. It's going to seem like 7 a.m. for, well, yeah, 7 a.m. because the Arizona is, the, is on the same time zone as we are. Is the Bills showing up today? Is the Bills showing up today? You haven't you haven't watched D Storm's video when he's recapping Week One. It was the Bills versus the Ravens. So the Bills are sleeping because it's early. <laughs> yeah. Um, Is the Bills going to show up today? Just five more minutes, man. God. <laughs> yeah. So it'll be interesting. I've I wish I wish Great Iron Heights kept Kyler. Murray. I hope they keep Kyler Murray's Kyler Murray's baby voice. The midseason. <laughs> Sometimes car- I'm five ten. Yeah, the quarter season <laughs> carnival. Step right up. Ah, what the hell is that? John Elway doesn't recognize a quarterback under 6'4". <laughs> um, sometimes I'm 5'10". Sometimes I'm 5'10". So, best case scenario for, we both agree, is 2 and 3. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jets at Chargers the following week. Chargers are interesting. They think I that know. they're going to be really good with Tyrod Taylor. They think if they had Tyrod Taylor last year, they probably... I still want to Maybe give it to playoffs. the Jets. I don't know if he's going to be the, the answer that they're looking for. He might make him better. Don't at get this me point, wrong. This would be interesting because I think at this point of the season, this is week six, I gave Tyrod Taylor, if he goes two and four in the first six weeks, Herbert will start playing. It, it's going to be a similar situation to like when Tyrod was in Cleveland with Baker. Plus, you know, the yeah, Jets. The, but not the Jets. God. Dang it. The Chargers need some some way to get fans to go to their games because for the last two years they've been playing 16 road games. Yeah. So but they I might th- even I pull the plug early, honestly, and throw I, yes. Herbert out there. But so I think I'm, if I'm they, still If that happens, I give it to the Jets. I'm still I'm, I'm giving it to the Jets. Either way, I think I'm giving it to the Jets just because I don't think that he's going to be the end-all, be-all answer that they're looking for. So they get back to 3-3. Three and three. They get back to 3-3. Three and three. Following week, the Bills go to the Middlelands. I think the Bills are going to win. Because <coughs> at that point, Josh Allen's going to be playing well. Josh Allen is not a fast starter. Yeah, he's going to. He takes a couple games to get into the groove. I still think that defense is going to destroy. It, I think um, the Jets have the possibility to score more points, but I think that defense is just so good. Like, um, who's the who's the middle linebacker uh, for the Bills? I have no he literally, he he's the definition of sideline to sideline guy. Mm-hmm. He makes tackles, makes well, big hits, sideline to sideline. Not many people can do that. Well, take off your green tinted glasses. I told you no, at the beginning. I know, but I was gonna I was gonna try to play the home field advantage card. You can't really do that no, because it's, it's New York. It's New York. It's New York. I mean. Plus, might by piss this some point Bills of the fans season, off saying that, but it, it's hmm? New York is New York is New York is New York. I by mean, this point of the season, the Jets fans probably hate the Jets just as much as everybody else. True, and I think I would have to give it to the Bills. I, I don't think the Jets would have any chance of beating the Bills until potentially, like, week sixteen, week seventeen, the end of the season. 
or maybe even into the playoffs, just that way they can establish some well, momentum. If they end up playing in the wild card round of the playoffs, I would give it to the Jets because you, it's tough to beat a team twice. That's and beating what a team three times in a season is damn near impossible. That's what I'm saying. But like the Jets will be able to build up that momentum. Or the Jets come out and sweep the Bills or beat them the first week or this week of the season and then have to play in the playoffs and get pecker slapped. Yeah, I hope that's not the scenario. I like the first scenario better, but... Um, you're talking to the most cynical football fan in the no, world. No, I, I know. But so I'm saying three and four. I'm giving it to the Je- or the Bills. Sorry. You ready for this one? Is it the Patriots? Who is it? Bengals? Bungholes? They don't play this year. Oh. Jackass. <laughs> Just in the season. Sure. Just in the season. Chiefs. Playoffs, Jimmy. At the Chiefs. Play. Oh, Chiefs. <laughs> I can't. Patrick, you're not going to be able to play for two weeks. Oh, no. <laughs> I hurt my friend the football by throwing it too hard. Yeah, I That's my it. first Patrick Mahomes impression. Chiefs, move on. Chiefs by a million. <laughs> not by a million, but move on. It'll be it'll be quite a bit, but it's So what is not. it, three and five? Three and five, yeah. Patriots at Jets. Uh, 6-15, so it's another primetime game. I think this one's a toss-up. It is a toss-up. I'm like just going to say the Jets. I'm going to give it to the Jets. I, I want to be optimistic. I want to think that now that the Patriots lost their... It's Monday Night Football, so they have an extra day of preparation. Right, so I think... I want to I want to say... I want I want to give it to them. I really do. And, okay. I, and I'm going to. Yeah. You want to hear what I think? Hmm. Jared Stidham beats the shit out of them. Jared Stidham's learned under Brady for two years. Jared Stidham's with the best coaching staff in all of football in New England. But see, that goes back to was it? Belichick? I don't care about Belichick. Was or it Brady? Brady? I'm or talking was it about both. I'm talking about everybody else under them. The Patriots are the only team who drafts less talented players out of college and make them better in the NFL. True. So I'm sticking with it though. I'm going to give it to the Jets. Okay, so you have for them me, at four it's and four five. and five. Yes, I have them at three and six. six. Uh, they go to Miami. The following week. See now that one's going to be interesting to that's see a how. Short, that's it's a short week. Th- that uh, one's interesting to see whether or not two is playing. Yeah. So, I I'm going to say Jets. But this was also the uh, time of the year last year where the Dolphins got hot, hot. I'm gonna, I'm still going to say Jets. I'm going to stick to my guns. If anything, you can say that I'm sticking to my I'm sticking to my original thought. I'm not I'm not going to get swayed. Yeah, you keep your glasses on even though I tell you to take them off. You're not that cool. Your future's not that bright. You don't have to wear your green shades in here. My future's so bright, Jim. You know how bright my future is? Do I have to wear something? Office reference for those of you who don't know. I feel like everybody knows, but just saying. I don't know. I have a defensive end that graduated the year before me. Identity theft is not a joke, Jim. Millions of people suffer every year. My favorite is still the Asian gym. Or the, <laughs> you never, you the, never phone, noticed? the phone receiver prank. That's funny. Good for you for not seeing color. I just kept putting more and more nickels into his handset until he got used to the weight. And then I just or took them all out. <laughs> Dan and I's favorite is also the Pavlov. Every time he yeah. reboots his computer. That's good, too. Um, what, what are you looking for? What? All of a sudden, my mouth just tastes bad. <laughs> <laughs> But so I'm gonna give it to the Jets, so they're five and five. Okay, I'm gonna give it to the Dolphins. So they're three and seven. Mm-hmm. I think the best case scenario for the Jets this year is nine and seven. I gave the Bengals uh, seven and nine. So I was gonna say seven and nine for the Jets. So 
But you keep saying that they're beating everybody. Well, they turn next? right around after they play in Miami, and then they play the Dolphins in New York. I could see them losing in Miami and beating them in New York. Mm. So I think they get to four and seven. Five oh. and seven. So what were they at for me? Five and five. So let's say they're four and six. Now they're five and six. Okay. Uh, Raiders go to the Jets after that. I think the I think the Jets beat the Raiders. I really do. So, yeah, I don't know. Gruden's weird. Six and six for me. Gruden is not whatever whatever your numbers are. Hold on, let's go. Let's make sure that we have these right. So you have them losing to the Bills week one, beating the Forty ers week two. They, you had them two and two through four. Uh, you gave the Cardinals the game against the Jets. Or did you give the Jets the game against the Cardinals? I gave the Cardinals the game against the Jets. Okay, so then we both have them at three and or two and three. You say they beat the Chargers. Yes. I say they beat the Chargers. So then they're three and three. Four and four. Four and four. Okay. Or wait, no, they are three and three because I'm pretty sure six. I was at six and seven. That's week six. Uh, Bills at Jets. Did you say they win it, or did you say they lose it so that they can win? Because that's the one that we were talking about. They win the wild card if they lose both, if they get swept. I say they lose to the Bills again. So then, three and four. I'm pretty sure I was at six and seven. I know okay. I was and under I think five I was at five and eight. Then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jets at Seahawks in December. Seahawks. Yeah, I got to give them the Seahawks. Six and eight. Five and nine. Jets at Rams. I give that one. I'll give that one to the Jets. I'm going to give that one to the Jets. So seven and eight. I didn't see them winning it. I don't know. I don't know. That's a that's an interesting game. I'm not sure how that one's going to go. It's a lot easier being an East Coast team going all the way to the West Coast, even though it's a lot of travel. Right. But, um, I'll say that the Jets win that one. So, I'm at. I'm at. I say I'm, I'm probably going to finish them at six and ten because, or actually, I'll give them seven and nine because then they play, uh, the the clown show, traveling clown, clown circus. Browns. Yeah, they beat the Browns. So, eight and eight. Even though the Browns have beat them the last two years, <laughs> they beat the Browns this year. They got Antonio Clown now. So. I say eight and eight. See, last year they were just bad because Freddie Kitchens was an awful head coach. He's a good coordinator, but he was an awful, awful head coach. Yeah, they never should have taken away the their interim head coach. No, they needed Bounty Gate still. Yeah, one hundred. I mean, that's he's, the, that he's was probably the not Bounty Gate anymore. But everybody's Bounty Gate, Dom. You don't think every if you knock somebody out of the game, you don't think you get a five hundred dollar bonus on your check? You probably do. Anyway. Some coaches are different, but I think that they should have kept him. I mean, I say they beat the Browns, yeah. So you're seven and nine. They finish at the Patriots. Did we say that they beat the Patriots? You said. I said they did. Beating a team twice in a season, like you said, is very difficult. Three times is, is almost impossible. That's exactly what I just said. I know. That's like almost word for word, except that is, I said damn near. That is word for word, pretty much. What I might do is I might flip saying that the Patriots beat them earlier and then they come back and beat them later. So you think that they the away team in that series wins this in the upcoming season? Because that would mean that the Patriots 
Patriots win in Meadowlands and then the Jets win in Foxborough. Now that would be amazing to watch the Jets win in Foxborough. That's a hasn't been long done, shot. Hasn't been done since Sanchez. That is a long shot. By the way, the Bengals haven't beaten the Steelers in like six years. Home or away. But it's a long shot. And I always want to try to play to home field advantage. But I feel like because it's earlier in the season, the Jets just aren't going to have as much momentum that they need. They're not going to be able to. They're not. They're not going to have the confidence. So then, towards the end of the they season, they end up having a better record if they a better record and possibly more momentum if they win at home and then lose. Also, that's the Monday night game, so they have the extra day of preparation. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah. No, I'm keeping. I'm keeping that they went earlier in the season. I might say that they lose later. It'll be a close game for sure. Okay. But I'm gonna say that they lose later. I don't have a problem with that. I just. I think that they're gonna lose. I, I forgot that up, it was. I forgot that there was a Monday night game. I think they end up seven and nine. I give them best case scenario nine and seven if they steal a couple. Yeah, but they'd have to. But <laughs> they'd have to rob them blind. Yeah, with the uh, seven and nine is is improvement. So I'm. No, I yeah. It's the same. I'm pretty sure. No, they were six and ten last year. It's improvement. I know. It's moving in the right direction. That's all I'm looking for. I don't. Everybody you know says, what? especially in the NFL, it's easy to go from eight wins to nine wins. It's very difficult difficult to go from nine wins to ten wins. Yeah. Six wins to seven wins. Who really cares? It I would care. Be, it would be something if they go. If you go six and ten, if they go, I, it's. I'm saying this knowing that I gave the Bengals a possibility of jumping up five games in a year. But. Having Look, watched baby their line. steps. That's all I'm saying. I'm okay. just looking for baby steps. I think nine and seven with the new playoff format and the extra wild card team. That could be a wild. That could be. They a could get lucky. Yeah. Maybe a playoff year. So. We're not going to do the Bengals one because guess what time we're at. Eleven thirty. Eleven thirty Mountain Time for those of you who are not from Colorado. I'm saying, how long do you think we've been going? An hour and a half, at 40, least. Forty. Hour forty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what I, are the longer really ones that I've done? It really didn't seem that long, I'll be honest. It's because we talk all the time. We yeah. would have done this anyways if there was a microphone or not. True. Ugh. I gotta get bed so that I can sleep and then go to my team meeting tomorrow. Oh, um, I also, I know this is your podcast, so I hope it's okay. But um, I just want to say, rest in peace, Coach, Ho- Coach Hoff. Uh, I know... Yeah, you said it on the one that's going to come out on Thursday. I did, but. I did, but I also just want to throw it in on here, mainly because it's a sports podcast and he was one of my new coaches. Uh, I know I didn't know him very well, but regardless, it sucks to hear that somebody as young as he was He's only dies like, like that. Years older than exactly. Um, but Hey, you almost lost me. I know, and I talked about it a lot. Okay, I didn't know. But you hadn't talked to me about it, but I also don't. I talk about it now, but I find the funniness of it because technically I woke up with a gag in my mouth tied to a bed. Not the fun way. Not in the fun way. No, it could have very (laughs) easily been a serial killer killer situation. But so I I just wanted to throw that out there. I wanted to say that I feel for the family. I hope everything's going okay. I'm sorry I referenced the tube in my ass while you're doing this. It's. It is what it is. I mean, it's your podcast. You're the one who's doing the editing. I know that's the shirt I'm wearing. Too. I'm not editing anything. Um, but I just wanted, I just wanted to throw that in there you because think I'm I, editing I, something. It's going to take me until at least twelve thirty to get this up and ready to go by tomorrow. True, 
But so I figured, I, I kind of felt like, even though it's not necessarily my place, he was connected to me. I kind of wanted to throw that out there. I, from what I had heard from him and from what I, from the interaction that I had with him because he's a defensive backs coach, I was an offensive lineman, a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Definitely wouldn't wish any terrible thing to happen to him or his family, anything I mean, like that. He got that, a shout so. out from Christian on Twitter. He was one of Chris, Christian's close friends. Um, that's it probably why he really, was on your guys' staff with Ed. He was really just a, a good guy. Mm-hmm. And it, like I said, it's weird, but it's it's terrible to hear that somebody that young just passed in their sleep. I mean, at least he passed in his sleep. He didn't. It's whatever happened. It seems like he didn't suffer quite as much as he could have, but still, 28, 29 years old, 26 years old, something like that. Not a good situation, but um, we said Dom's Twitter. Twitter is at Dom Pilato, Instagram Dom Pilato 63, TikTok Dom Pilato 63. We're going to be posting dance videos, so be on the lookout for that. I'll probably post them after, uh, (laughs) I'll have to show you one of the podcasts that I listen to, shout out the Lion's Den podcast. Definitely go check that one out because it's just a bunch of silliness, and uh, they get to say all the things that I wish I could say, but they're professional comedians and don't have to worry about getting fired from a job. Um, but they they have a couple. <laughs> this is how we get famous on TikTok, and they do. They have one of the trending songs. They go, "Look at my tits, look at my tits. Here's my ass, here's my ass." I'm sorry. Probably should. You probably should edit that out. No, I'm not editing anything out. I'm sorry. It's gonna be explicit. I'm sorry. It's it's eleven thirty at night. I lost my filter about two hours ago. Yeah, we got to be up in six hours to work out. And it's metabolic day, metabolic Monday. It's metabolic. You you know what? You know what the good thing about all this is? Huh? You're nineteen. You'll be able to bounce back. I'm not nineteen yet. Just let it be. Seven seven days. I know. Seven days. You're nineteen. You'll be able to bounce back. I'm twenty two. I'll be able to bounce back. Maybe. It's not like we were. Shout out to Dad. Although I did get Dad's off the couch. Dad's been working hard lately. Although I did try to get up off the couch a couple of days ago after we did RDLs, and I looked like an eighty-four-year-old man. I so turned you into the Tin Man. You did. Big guys. Big guys still got it. A little bit. It was the weirdest sensation of my life. But thank you guys for listening. Um, follow the show on Twitter at coapod73. Follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Pilato, um, and follow. Oops trying to pick a song to fade us out to and I accidentally hit one follow uh, if you listen to the show on Apple Podcasts please subscribe leave a 5 star rating and a review because then we'll get into the main algorithm and hopefully more people will be able to learn about the podcast listen to the podcast we have a really good episode on Thursday coming out Dom said it after we turned the microphone off but it's probably the most genuine that he's been on a podcast, uh, we had our grandma, Jackie Fiore, on. I wanted to have her on. I mean, she's not famous or anything, but with everything going on with the pandemic, love she... Love Yeah, yeah, love her. The three of us talk probably the most and are the most ready to express our opinions out of anybody else in our entire family. And uh, um, she has an interest, interesting perspective on what's going on with COVID because she was a hospital employee during the Colorado AIDS epidemic. So we we talk about that. We talk about where we see pitfalls in the leadership and everything that's been going on. And she tells some stories. And it's always fun to listen to her stories because we get to learn a little bit more each time about our family history that we possibly didn't know about. Giuseppe. Yeah, Giuseppe and Alan and... Alan! Alan! 
You get back here and you make love to my wife. Uh, it's Christina. It's like 40 miles. It's Christina. Are you dumb or are you stupid? You come into my house, you get my wife's name right. All right, we've hit crackhead energy level. Um, thank you guys for listening. And if you enjoy the podcast, tell a friend to check it out. Um, go back, listen to the older episodes. And we'll see you guys on Thursday and once again next week for another sports episode. But uh, this has been Center of Attention from the WAP Cave. Thank you guys for letting us be the Center of Attention. The WAP and Dom Cave. <clears throat> You're a WAP too, dum-dum. The Dago. The Dago Express. Fine, the Dago Express. It's a different place than what he was filming from. That's a, that's a, that is a great tag team nickname. It is. Oh, my God. Write that down. <laughs>